Hi everyone, thank you for joining us for tonight's Her Community 2, coming to you live from Long Island, New York in our beautiful town of Babylon. I am your host, Catherine Corella, and happy listening. Okay, so what we're going to be talking tonight is child sex trafficking. It's a much bigger problem than what everybody thinks. And especially from what I read and um, from what I've seen and heard, and it's a topic of discussion that's always a heated debate, um, that this is the second largest money-making business globally and I believe in the United States as well. Um, Children are being bought and sold. But what happens before the children get to that point? How did they get there? How does a child get to a point to get sold to people to have sex with? And that's what it boils down to. So I have Mary here tonight. She's going to tell her story about her child. Hi, Mary. How are you? Good. Thank you for inviting me on tonight, Catherine. No, that's great. I, I forgot how we met. I usually tell everybody this is how we met. And I, I totally I know we're on Facebook friends, but I don't remember if my friend requested you or if you were friend requested me. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. Um, I don't. I know that um, I do feel as though we were brought together spiritually and um you know, we've reached out to one another and here we are tonight to share a story. Um, to so awareness. So let's, absolutely. And, and it is to bring awareness. People need to more understand. So let's, let's talk about you and how you got involved in this ugly, ugly mess. Well, I was involved because I am the mother of a young lady, a beautiful young lady, Laura, um, who escaped child trafficking um you know there's some mental health disabilities that started out as a young girl and and some vulnerabilities that I feel led to her being a victim of child trafficking um Lucia's struggle started at a young age about four she was very very high spirit spirited child very intelligent um you know schools recommended um medication um she learned at a young age that if she acted out, school officials would call me to come and pick her up. Um, she developed a fear of remaining in the classroom, putting her intellect to paper. Um, so we decided to leave New York and move to Florida, um, which was Lucia was very happy about at the time. Um, we finally found a perfect school for her. It was more of a self-directed learning school. Lucia would form friendships and was able to gain trust in her educators. Um, She also started equestrian horseback riding, quickly um, became a talented equestrian rider and jumper. And I also watched Lucia, the, um, you know, her focus increased. Um, It's a very special bond between the rider, Lucia and the horse. Um, And it just, I watched her calm down. she learned how to communicate with the horse, um, was in shows, putting her in fourth place in Broward County. I just watched her enthusiasm grow. 
we spent a lot of time together and she just seemed so happy um finally just really enjoyed going to school and had really outstanding attendance um following the break of her sixth grade year in 217 she lost her best friend it was really the second friendship she had formed to a sudden and accidental death during this time um there were a lot of increased voluntary hospitalizations for depression. She'd say, mommy, I'm depressed. I miss my friend. Um, yeah. Thoughts of suicide became more frequent. Um, and upon each returning to school the next year, in, Lucia spoke of how much she missed her friend. Um, there was a mural that was painted during the summertime. Um, and, and that was kind of a trigger for Lucia, you know, I, I would have liked as her mother, maybe she would have had a part in this, had a um, paintbrush in her hand to take part in this mural. But, you know, within eight days, she was returned to the hospital. Um, she also started engaging in some dangerous risks. She took my car on a few joy rides. Um, oh, There okay. were some... Um, you know, there were some consequences to this. She ended up in girls' court, you know, a delinquency court for girls. Um, now, was that your doing, or that's just what the law did to her? That was part of the law, the consequences okay. of the law. Um, and so, you know, we'd, we'd report monthly for status updates. Um, but one of the other big things is she lost her scholarship to the school because she had only been there eight days and it was a private school. So she would have had to have been there 10 days um, for that scholarship to remain in place. So she was placed in the EBT school, which is an emotional behavioral therapy school, okay. um, you know, which again, I feel the little bit of punishment as her mother, um, you know, hospitalizations and those eight days, which, you know, was kind of forced to put her in this school. Um, it was sad for both of us. Um, on day two at the school, a boy would introduce Lucia to her kidnapper. <gasps> oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. Um, now was that boy part of it? You think? I, I believe so in some way because I believe there was a close relationship between the boy and the kidnapper. Okay. Um, so within a very, very short time, the kidnapper gained control over my daughter. Um, he asked specific questions about what property I had in the home, um, you know, where I lived. Um, he introduced marijuana to my daughter. Um, so he acted like her friend. Correct. Okay. Um, so the morning of March 27, 2.17, I woke up and my daughter was gone. My car was also gone, but it, it was different this time. Something felt different. I had personal documents missing. I did have a gun in the home that was just, it was in a safe, but I mean, it wasn't for home protection because there wasn't um, ammunition kept in the home. Um, so that was missing. 
my purse was turned upside down. It looked like my home had been ransacked a little bit. And um, I never heard this go on through the night. I'm a nurse. Um, you know, long days at work, go home, you finish up the evening meals, bedtime, and off to bed. Lucia went, and so did I. Mm-hmm. So I walked to work, which wasn't wasn't too far away from my um, residence, and I called the police. That was my first phone call. They said they would meet me later that day at the hospital I worked at. And my second phone call was to the credit card, which pulled up many money transfers to the kidnapper. That's, That's how I quickly learned with the help of my oldest daughter, we got a name and we got an address. Um, The Fort Lauderdale police did not did not come to the hospital. I called them when I got home from work. I they showed up the next day. Um, So we're going on into day two of this. And um, the attitude that they kind of gave me was, you know, well, she's has some delinquent behaviors and, um, you know, they kind of brushed her off as a runaway. And I said, no, this is different. Something is so different about this. I've had all of my accounts drained um, by this. You know, I told him the person's name. Um, we gave him the address. And my car was recovered at this person's home. Oh, okay. So I meet the police at this residence to retrieve my car. Um, there's no sign of the kidnapper. There's no sign of Lucia. So from what Lucia shared, um, because she did escape, she was gone for 10 days, is um, that she was transferred over to some traffickers in Miami. Um, by the sold- original by the original kidnapper, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, um, you know, she was raped. She was beaten. Her life was threatened, and so was mine. And it started very early on with, you know, I want these items from your house. Um, marijuana was given to her, and then he came back with, you owe me money for this marijuana, um, and you need to get it to me. Um, so, so the fear that was instilled upon her happened very quickly. Um a quick gain of control over my daughter's mind. And, you know, like I said, the vulnerabilities just put her, you know, it's sad in perfect, a perfect condition to, um, you know, be so fearful of this type of situation. Um, so like I said, he, um, passed her off to traffickers in Miami. Um, she was sold out of an executive suite hotel, one that has private entrances. Um, she was 13 at the time. So the sellers really put a high price on the buyers for a child at the age of 13. We're talking, oh, my goodness. Yes, we're talking anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now, the girls, my daughter, does not see a penny of this. She also had a tattoo placed on her neck, which would make her appear older. She was taken into clubs in Miami. Um, 
so 10 days later, we're into April now. Um, I had met a U.S. Marshal who retired who has a nonprofit global children's rescue and um he helped me look for lucia so how did you connect with him i had a friend who knew a lawmaker reach out to me and she gave me his name okay so um you know we just started a relationship we didn't have any leads other than you know the kidnapper um so you know at this point we're kind of pressuring Fort Lauderdale p- police um who are not responding um but 10 days later she shows up on my doorstep um she was sitting there severely malnourished i mean the weight loss that occurred in 10 days was just it was incredible oh it, my goodness you got lucky i did i really did because um Lucia does share that on one attempt she did try to escape and she was hit with a crowbar and did have a gun shot fired over the top of her head. Um, so to this day, you know, it's very important that I don't pressure her. Um, it's it's on her timeline, if ever, you know, which she decides to um, disclose. And I've learned, you know, in dealing with my own trauma that my trauma my daughter's trauma it's fragmented there is no linear timeline we forget a lot um things come up you know it's it's very difficult to piece it all together when you're you're you're, you're combining you compartmentalize certain things um you kind of obsess on other things i want justice um i want the best treatment for her etc um but visibly bruised uh, large tattoo on her neck um, so I wasn't I was able to encourage her to go to the hospital where I used to work um, as a registered nurse and um, discouraged her from getting in the shower because she hadn't showered in a while um, oh okay but she had she had a warrant for her arrest from that was issued from girls court and at the time when the judge and I spoke, I thought that was a good measure in case anyone ran into her. Um, but quickly at the hospital, they learned um, of this warrant and she was immediately placed into police custody. You know, I asked the doctors to please allow some time to establish a relationship before, um, you know, she's placed in custody. Right. I did... Um, tell them that she states she was trafficked um there's clear evidence to me that she was the tattoo the clothes she came home in with the specific type of underwear um and and what little bit she told me at the time she told me she was sold out of hotels that she had been taken to a club she specifically named the club in miami um she told me that she was beaten with a crowbar um, and she did escape that somebody um, she met somebody who called her a taxi from Miami to Fort Lauderdale so those are really all the specifics I got at the time um, okay. but, but enough to know that my daughter's been trafficked 
we're going to need some testing. We need to make sure physically she's okay. Right. Um, and for STDs. Of course. Um, so that was my big thing. Um, another thing is, is, is Lucia picked up on a second language very quickly um, and was speaking some of this. She did also disclose that she was drugged. Um, I sort of sensed some maybe drug-affected behaviors, maybe possibly some withdrawals, um, you know, speaking a second language in learning that in such a short time. Um, you know, it was very concerning to me. Um, so the hospital never followed through with the service of forensic testing that I had asked for. My oldest daughter did reach out to the Rape Crisis Center in Fort Lauderdale explaining the story. Um, You know, it's just we never heard back from anybody. So Lucia was taken to the Department of Juvenile Justice. um, And And at that time when they took her to the juvenile department, had she had an examination yet? No. Wow. Okay. No. And I had gone back into the hospital um, day two and, um, you know, I was told I couldn't even come and see her again. They were afraid that kidnappers could be following me. Um, you know, she was in ICU. She was handcuffed to the bed and she was in police custody and I did not have the ability to visit her. Um, but I did say, well, I have the ability to speak to a pediatrician in which I did. And once again, I stated, this is what I would like done. Needs forensic testing. I would like HIV, hepatitis, um, the full battery of tests that, you know, are appropriate for a situation like this. Absolutely. So Lucia, um, was then, um, transferred to the department of juvenile justice jail, Mm -hmm. um, she would wait there about a month. Um, the judge had decided that she was going to mit- commit her to a detention program. Um, so during this month, we learned that Lucia did have chlamydia. <gasps> um, oh, no. And at 13? Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, also, during this time, when the judge made this decision, you know... It was under the um, pretense that we're going to get Lucia help and we're going to keep her safe. So, you know, that meant a lot to me. Right. But I had no no idea what we were in for next. Lucia would spend a year and a half in detention. She would meet with police. Um on a few occasions it was spread out in um, your presence no okay. um they would come into the facility and um you know she was doing depositions and after every deposition she would break down flashbacks would increase thoughts of suicide would increase she started engaging in some self-harm she was hospitalized um a few times so at the smaller program which had 25 youth they made a decision that Lucia needed to be administratively transferred due to her um, mental health needs Um, I'm at this point 
actually prior to this point, I had been advocating for child um, trafficking services to come in and offer services to my daughter. Um, I mean, a therapist within within the walls of the detention center are just not trained. Correct. Um, this is very now, specific. Now, let me ask you this. Um, how is your relationship with your daughter at this time? At well, this, you guys, at that moment. At the moment, she relied heavily on me. Um, phone okay. calls were infrequent, despite the youth, you know, having the right to have a phone call monthly or excuse me, weekly, and then a weekly treatment team meeting um, where I did have to voice, you know, I need to have more contact with my daughter. Um, she asked me, Mommy, how do I make these flashbacks go away? And I said, Lucia, we're going to create new memories. Um, you know, a lot of um, encouragement, a lot of support. Our relationship was good. Um you know, she was very, very sad, very confused. Um, so with the increased hospitalizations, they decided to make an administrative transfer to another program in Tampa. This program in Tampa was um, a higher level of care, but also I only believe a higher level of care because um, it was you know, for children that had created or been involved in more serious crimes. Okay. You know, Joyride was not what most children were there for. It was a little more serious. Okay. Um, so at this time, I feel this is punishment. I would rather have Lucia home with me. Um, I would like to be in a little more in control of what rehabilitation my daughter is getting. Um, she had already spent nine months at this program. So, you know, the separation was hard for us. I can imagine. I can't, I you know, I say, well, you know what? I'm going to go take a step further. I can't imagine. Right. Um, so she was transferred to Tampa. Um, within the first week, the phone call started. Lucia was beaten. She had a broken nose. Um, you know, further down the line, she was raped. Again? Again. Yes, she was further traumatized. Now, where did the... Um, you mean while she was in custody? Yes. Okay. Um, she was bullied. She learned how to cope with some of it. Some of it was just... Um, something you know she's just never been exposed to she would tell me mommy I try to stick up for the person that's being bullied but at you know at some point it, it just there was a transition where my daughter was absolutely living in survival mode you know with everything that was going on in the detention center it just the, I saw a significant change in my daughter she became angry you know, she was saying things to survive that, you know, were untruths, but that got her through about three weeks of no bullying. Um, so when she was raped, I made the phone call to the Rape Crisis Center, and I was the first contact with the Inspector General. 
Um, forensics were done at this time. Mm-hmm. I, I developed a wonderful relationship with the victim services in Tampa. Um, you know, ironically, the um, forensic examiner's name was Lucia. So they did, they formed a good bond too with what needed to be done. And, you know, it was uncomfortable for my daughter. They did allow her to call me, um, which, you know, truly made it a little more easier for a difficult situation with Lucia. Um, so she also spent some time in solitary confinement during her commitment. Now why, and how old was she at that time? So 13, by now she's some 14. Okay, 14. So they put a 14-year-old girl in solitary confinement. Can I ask you why? Sometimes it was because behaviors of the whole. Um, sometimes Lucia did act out. And Lucia, I found, formed a pattern of acting out when she wanted to meet with her therapist or she wanted to escape something. That that is what she learned Um, would get her a quick response. Um, So, you know, responding to some bullying would um, get her some time in commitment. Individual behaviors and behaviors of the whole. Um, Those were painful times for her, she told me. Um, So after the rape, um, the inspector general was in and out of the detention center. Um, Every time they would leave, staff would approach Lucien and say, well, what did you tell them, Lucia? Um, I feel like her hopelessness increased. Um, Depression really took over. She had to go to court um, for one occasion on the rape. When she came back, and and I had made them aware that when she was making depositions with police in Gainesville, she would break down. So I really feel you need a strong support group around Lucia when she's going to courts or, you know, any of this, these matters are brought up. So the day she returns from court, um, you know, she's found with a scarf around her neck once again. I'm blessed to have my daughter. Um, she was found, but the desperation and the pain, you know, were so overwhelming that day that that's how she felt and that's how she acted out on it. Um, and that's the thing, she's acting out. Right. But that's what teens do, correct? They yes. act out. I mean, because. What else do they know? I mean, they're still discovering themselves. They're still learning about themselves, social interaction, communication. I mean, so it's not a bad thing when teens act out. It's more like a cry for help. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, so I am continuing to fight so hard to get human trafficking services in. Um, because human trafficking services you know that includes a very specific um model that there's been a lot of research on and evidence-based studies that the 
victim needs to become victim informed. Like my daughter needs to be informed of what she's a victim of. Correct. Because to this day, she's now 15. She still does not know what she's a victim of. She does not understand it. Understanding good versus bad. And then you transition to survivor informed. You know, what am I a survivor of? Does she really does she really have the concept of knowing what she's been through? No. I wouldn't think so. Not at that age, no. No, and not without any any help to date even. I mean, she left Thursday for a program, but she's been to she's had a few hospitalizations since she's been home in July. One program that was unsuccessful, um she escaped. And we're trying another one. I do feel a, she's a little more willing this time, but you know, we will see. She's a very traumatized, hurt, confused young lady. Um, you know, and I have to tell you, I, I'm very upset. I'm upset with the judge because in the end, we're a year and a half, my daughter and I were separated. She said, no child in her court had ever been away this long. Why my daughter? Why was she punished? She struggled right. mentally. She was denied services that could not be provided to her in the Department of Juvenile Justice. And I'm very angry about this. Absolutely. Now, um, is her father in her life at all? No. Okay. Um he is by mail and phone. Um, okay. I shouldn't say no. He is he is in her life by mail and phone. He is concerned. Um, that is what Lucia spent most of her time, year and a half, talking about is her absent father. Okay. Um, so I had relocated to Long Island. Um, and I, I was also advocating for an interstate transfer because I, I knew that... Lucia should not come directly to my doorstep with, without ever receiving any help. And I had picked out a few places, and one of the places I picked out is the one she left for this past Thursday. Okay. So, because I felt family reunification was going to be important, and she needed help. Um. So on July 27th to 19th, she was released from the detention center and it was still a fight. Um, the detention centers down south are for profit. They do receive some state funding, but, you know, keeping our most vulnerable youth for a year and a half, you know, is probably for another day. Um, there's been many studies on the Department of Juvenile Justice, and we can talk about that possibly down the road right you know the amount of youth and um it is punishment it's not rehabilitation in my daughter's case and i'm sure with many other youth um there's a lot of studies that say there's a lot of success in the community um you know for minor crimes we're we're detaining youth yeah I, i don't get that we're separating them from their loved ones. We're taking them out of schools. We're taking them out of, you know, just 
the things that they like. Right, right, right. Um, now, is she in a program to this day? Or is she going to school? She left for a program Thursday. Okay. And how long is that program for? A minimum of six months. You mean you, you can't see her for six months? Or she's just... I mean, are you... Is she allowed visitation? Oh, yeah. She's in a... It's a okay. residential facility. Okay. Um, you know, once again, it's not going to have the, um, the treatment model for child trafficking. But at this point, I'm just looking for stabilization. Okay. You know, um, building her self-esteem, routine, school. They have horses. Um, you know, they individualize. There's there's so many activities. The place is beautiful. It's set way back in. Um, you know, because one of my concerns is she did flee from the other one she was at. Ended up in New York City. She and her roommate and was quickly involved in another trafficking situation. Oh, okay. So she ran away from the last place. Right. And they made their way into the city and she got entangled into another trafficking. So was she trafficked again? Yes, in July. She was trafficked um, Long Island, New York City, and the two girls were transferred to um, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so your daughter was trafficked from what I understand to Long Island from the city to Long Island to the city to Atlanta Georgia and what time frame like how um, long she was home July 27th by August 17th she was in a trafficking situation in Long Island it kind it, it occurred right in my um my condominium it was a gated community um and she made a contact and she was you know in a short time in another child trafficking ring on long island oh my goodness that's really close to home yes so i can tell you with that um incident forensics were done arrests arrests have been made and additional charges are pending against your daughter or no the, the traffickers um, the traffickers and one of the traffickers is a woman you know a couple of years ago that would have surprised me but now it doesn't right that's, you know that's that's crazy and and you'll see more and more when people read into this that women are becoming more involved yes now i don't know if they're a victim or just a willing participant seeing the dollar signs. I don't know. Well, in Lucia's particular case, um, the woman was also a victim, but okay. she was also a participant. You know, she was a, considered an adult, okay, but who had spent ten years on the streets. Ah, uh, okay. However, um, she has been charged as an adult. Um, and is cooperating I'm told so the FBI is highly involved in these cases there's cases still open in Florida we've got Georgia we've got New York there's three states um you know and I I I had to ask myself 
and I had to reach out for help too. And after everything Lucia's been through, you know, how did she return to this situation? You know, and it goes it goes back to the vulnerabilities, is what I say. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was just about to say that because when kids are vulnerable and, and women too who get into domestic uh violent relationships it's a vulnerability you know and I I, especially for children um teenagers um I I'm really am curious so was it the company she was keeping that got her back into that well she had only been home for a short time and you know my point of reference is is I'm gonna go to the rape that happened in the department of juvenile justice I saw you know with the phone calls and I had I would fly to visit Lucia there was maybe quarterly family um, therapy visits where you could fly and have a family session for parents um, I noticed a change in her attitude um, her interest in music had changed completely um, swearing she had never sworn before she was starting to swear she was becoming very demanding. Um, the day I picked her up from the Department of Juvenile Justice, she was in full makeup. Oh my goodness! Okay, so there, there's another. Um, there was another investigation that a picture was taken of my daughter while in detention and put on a Sephora makeup site. Within getting news of this it took me one minute to find my daughter on that site so further exploitation further re-traumatization in her lengthy detention um living in complete survival mode with that transfer to tampa there's the the amount of use doubled it became absolute survival mode for Lucia. And it started a complete change. Little by little, I wasn't recognizing, you know, the same little girl. Wow. She was developing, you know, her own set of coping skills to survive, which included foul language, some lot of irritability a lot of frustration um she never knew when she was leaving um she lost hope that she was ever gonna leave she told me to just go on and live my life and um you know wow never felt like the day was coming that she'd actually walk out of the doors and the day she did she's fully fully dressed in makeup so a, a lot she learned a lot. That's now kids cope different ways, and um, I find it very, very. I'm trying not to choke up here because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it as a mother. But the stories I have read. The way kids cope, they actually do like a um, out-of-body experience. Does that make sense? Yes. And um, 
I can't even imagine. Your daughter's still very, very young. Very young. She's got a long way to go. So, um, where is she at? Right, she's at the other uh, center, correct? Correct. It's a residential program. Um, there's cottages. You know, she will go to school. The mandated five hours a day. Um, there's job opportunities. She does. She's very interested in the horses. Um, that would be one of the best things that would warm my heart to get that young lady back on a horse. Um, you know, we need self-esteem builders. Yes. So much. And she deserves every bit of it. You know, I, I spoke in front of um, treatment providers in Long Island, senators, lawmakers. And in the day I smoked, spoke, Lucia was missing. Wow. Um, you know, something spiritual got me up on that stage to talk about my experience my daughter's experience and and I told them that day I do not believe she's running away from these programs I believe she's running away from the trauma and abuse she's experienced normal my home you know normal rules school homework right um, respect in the home calm that is not normal to Lucy anymore she has run away frequently. Um, there was a big, big delay in getting her to school, getting her enrolled in school. The school was afraid of the situation. <coughs> I, you know what? I, I can't understand. I feel like everyone's afraid to get involved. Right. Um, and they can't be. This is unacceptable. It really is. And, and this is where I will, you know, hopefully have a strong voice. We have to get involved. Our children are not for sale. I say it a lot, a lot and I will continue to say it. And I will continue to be a voice and fight for the prevention that needs to happen. I, so, I can't even begin how this even, even got started. Who even, like, had that thought? Well, you know, that that's who it's tough for me to wrap my head around. And, you know, it, it always comes back to evil. We have buyers. We have sellers. And I feel this needs to be approached like it's the mafia. This, this is global. This is a huge empire that's funded by money and power. And we need a coalition. You know, certain states are doing things. There's you know, maybe for another day we can talk about the the three bills that were passed in the House in 217, um, you know, that went to the Senate and they passed and um, the executive branch signed off on them. But, you know, there's a lot of money, $520 yes. million in federal funding. I want to know where that's going. That's you know, why there has to be... <clears throat> type of organization coalition whatever you want to call it there needs to be a band of people to find out where this money is going okay because clearly the money isn't being spent here you know it it, it just it, it this is a much needed more conversation that we need to keep having and to keep the awareness out there and to get people angry enough um to want you are 
you yourself are motivated because of what happened to your daughter. But the norm is people like me. I have not been affected by this personally. I just happened to come across reading a book about that this was based on. And I read the next book and I read the next book by the same author. And I got in touch with her and uh, became friends with her. And it, and that's what sparked me that I just can't believe this really goes on until I dug deeper and deeper and found out that this is, this is huge. But we're going to continue this. Um, we're going to leave it off for here for now. Yes. Um, your daughter's 15 to date, correct? Correct. Okay, so next week when we, we continue, um, we'll stop here and then we'll uh, pick up um, exactly in the same spot because I I think a lot of people are going to want to know um, who's helping you. Right, and, and the difficulties. You know, I, I want to talk about what went wrong and then there's very specific things I want you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I can't find any child that has been de- put in the Department of Juvenile Justice as a solution to being a victim of child trafficking. But, you know, as we move on, we will, what went wrong, what I want, um, you know, the bills that are out there the umbrella that needs to come over the states and it, I think it needs to be at the federal level absolutely absolutely and we'll talk about that next week yes. but <clears throat> this is going to be a long road to, to keep talking about this and the ins and outs um, because this is um, this, this is huge and, and thank you so much for sharing your story and the transition that you're going through and with your daughter because hopefully People will listen and get angry. Like, this can't be really good. That's how I got into it. I couldn't believe that this is going on. And it just makes me sick to my stomach. So I want to make sure that this ends. I still have a 13-year-old. And I have a granddaughter. So, (laughs) of course, I the worry doesn't end. I have four daughters and a son. But they're all grown except for the 13-year-old. But the worry doesn't end. It never yeah. does because now we're aware of the evil that is out there. And that will never, once we have that acknowledged, it's like eating the, the forbidden fruit. We know now. So it's harder right. to sleep. It's harder to comprehend, especially when we put faces to what's going on. But we'll talk about that more next week. And, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your yes. Sunday. Out of your Sunday, let everybody know this is our Sunday and this is what we're doing. So that's why I want to thank you so much. And then we will continue with part two next week. So thank Thank you so much. No. Yes. Thank you. And we will be back next week. All right. I look forward to it. Okay. Thank you. Me too. Bye now. You just finished listening to Her Community 2. Ryan and I hope you enjoyed the show. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review. And of course, thank you for joining us. Until next time, have a totally awesome day.
Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for tonight's Her Community 2, coming to you live from Long Island, New York, in our beautiful town of Babylon. I am your host, Catherine Corella, and happy listening. Okay, part two tonight for... um, child sex trafficking what's going on with that we have with us tonight again we have um mary um she is discussing her daughter at the time when she was first sex trafficked she was 13 she is now 15 hi mary how are you hi Catherine. doing well good how are you i'm doing really really good um my daughter's in florida she's with her dad so um I am missing her terribly, but in no way in comparison to what you went through when you missed your daughter. So I can't even begin to imagine what that would even feel like. Um, the un- the not knowing, like where your daughter is, how is she sleeping, how is she eating, who's with her, who's doing what things. So we left off last week um, with your daughter, who's now at that time when we left off 15. Correct. Okay, so you want to pick up where you left off? Sure. Um, so, like we, we mentioned, she is 15 now. Um, and, you, and you spoke about how much you miss your daughter. Um, so I've been missing my daughter for, for two years now, really. Um, wow. We've, we've been separated, you know, for such a long time. Um, she is in a program like we discussed right last week and she's newly entered into this program I did get to speak to her twice the first phone call was short um, she did state that she had just gotten off a horse um, she was cordial to me um, nothing negative about the program but she didn't you know describe too much of the program itself so okay um, that there that was good to me um you know i i longed for the day that she would get back on a horse um i did receive a call on christmas um you know and i gotta tell you i i did send her with her packages but you know she's a very humble little girl too she was just pleased with you know it seemed like the standard gifts that i had heard about in the past from the institutions you know a blanket and some some treats and um she was quite content with that. Um, okay. And they took her out, the other girls, her cottage out to a hotel for an omelet station, a waffle station. And um, she was very happy about that. So she did tell me she loved me three times. Um, that is, that's, that's a big victory for me. And nothing negative about the program. So. Then that's early. good. That's good. Yes. It's early. And, um, you know, with not saying anything negative, there might, you know, some acceptance that this is where she needs to be right now. Although she has blamed me, you know, that I'm sending her away again and she used the terms she's being locked up and because this is what she's experienced and, you know, the institutionalization. Um, but this is different. This is therapeutic. This is rehabilitation, um, lots of activities. Um, you know, with the treatment team, I'm hoping that we can repair our relationship and um, 
you know, it's more therapeutic and I might even have the opportunity if it's appropriate, you know, to get some outside help that's specific to her needs um, as a victim of child trafficking. Wow. So, um, so this is the update of so far right now. She's in that program. Yes. Okay. And then how does she fall in the birth order of your children? I have two children. I have a 26-year-old daughter, Katie, and um, Lucia's 15. So, you know, there's a little, um, you know, about 10 years, we'll say, between them. Okay. So, were they ever close? They were close. Lucia, um, my oldest daughter, you know, she had been alone for those 10 years, and she was very comfortable. She was quiet. She, She enjoyed reading books. She easily entertained herself. And then along came my high-spirited Lucia, who who definitely wanted her sister's attention. Um, you know, she was going to get it one way or the other. But, right. um, you know, their relationship has improved over the years. And, and, and I have much hope for that, too, even as um, both of them get older, too. So there's been some heartache. You know, between siblings, um, my oldest daughter did go to visit her. She lives in Florida quite a bit at the, um, you know, the detention centers. And that was hard for her to see her, her sister in that setting and, and to see the other girls. Um, she would cry the whole way home, you know, about a four hour drive, Tampa to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, um, you know, just we've, we spoke to, spoke about, you know, needless needlessly holding um you know our youth these young girls are needlessly held behind bars and um she just couldn't understand it it made her very sad um so it is now what makes you um are you optimistic that after your daughter completes this program you think she'll be on the path to becoming a normal quote you know a quote-unquote normal person um, I, I want, I want to be optimistic and I want to have faith. Um, and I pray But this is a long, long road. We both have ahead of us, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to take this time to hopefully engage in some services for myself and, you know, reframe my life, getting some, some more spirituality, some meditation, some yoga, but, um, I, I don't want to be too convinced that, um, you know, this is the cure that she's right. cured or, um, because even when she gets older, things can come up and memories can resurface. Um, I, I believe she's going to need a lifetime of help. Okay. Um, now, did anything happen to the people that sex trafficked her? Uh, There's been no arrests in Florida, despite having an abundance of, um, you know, testimony from my daughter, Uh, perfect descriptions, you know, retrieval of my car at the home um, and other items. Long Island, two arrests have been made. There's lots of surveillance from the hotels. Um, I think I did speak on a hotel employee alerted the, um, the traffickers to police presence. Um, so now, why would that person do that? Like, was he on the side of the traffickers alerting them or? Yes. 
Yes, oh. to police presence. So, you know, that also makes, you know, me very, very concerned because she was trafficked out of um, some pretty, um, you know, an executive suite hotel in Miami. You know, these rooms are high priced. Um, you know, how far up the chain does it go? Well, I think it goes up. Um, I think it goes up really high. I really do. I think um, the pimps or the people who are doing the trafficking are the really the low. They work for someone who has right. the money to buy and sell children um, because they are a high dollar amount. So I don't know per se because I, I really don't know anybody in that business, but I would assume it's. Um, people who are very high and people you would least suspect correct you know i mean um there's a lot of people involved who are in different uh backgrounds but they usually are the ones in society that you would never even think do this or people who purchase the child to have the the sexual encounter with are, um, though again would be the last one you would suspect now when Jeffrey Epstein um, when that came into light um, were you shocked yes um, I, w- I, I wasn't shocked that this happened because you know it happened to me right but what I was shocked at was the handling of the case which you know opened wounds for me um, you know, there's a lot of protection for this man. And, you know, how about protection for the victims? Right. No, I agree. I agree. Now, um, now Prosec- what's your- prosecution, you know, the three P's prevention, prosecution and protection. Um, you know, I, I, I felt terrible. Now, were you shocked? when he supposedly had committed suicide. And what was your thoughts on that? Do you think he did? I I don't believe he did. I, I just don't. Um, you know, there was some form of escape from this because I believe it's, it's just so highly, there's so many people involved um, right. that if this came out to the public, it would just be... Um, you know, it would be just astronomical, but but it needed to come out to the public. The public needs to be aware of this. I've just had, you know, so many people even getting a phone back um, or getting a new phone, you know, and telling the, the person at AT&T my story or my car lease that I put so many miles on, you know, people are shocked. They've just never heard and, and they're really unaware. Um, and we just have to raise awareness. Um, now that that was a sad, that's a sad time. Um, right. You know the thoughts of, um, you know, no justice. But maybe for the victims there is some relief. You know, I can't speak for them, but I, I can tell you that this this person mm-hmm. is maybe no longer with us. And um, but, okay, Jeffrey Epstein's no longer with us, but do you think his empire still exists? Absolutely. 
And I think a lot of people don't realize that just because he's gone doesn't mean the empire went, died with him. No, it's I'm somebody. Sure. Yes, yeah, somebody took that over. It's well funded. It is fully operational. And another question I wanted to ask you. Um, why do you think people will just won't hit the like button or acknowledge when somebody tries to bring awareness of child sex trafficking on social media? It's like it's like taboo. They don't want to like it. They don't want to read about it. They don't want to know about it. Why do you think because it is taboo or because they want to believe it doesn't really exist? I think a bit of both. Um, you know, I've had people send me messages saying, you know, I haven't commented on your um, your little timeline or your journey or your bringing awareness out and, and you're, you're very courageous in doing so, but I do want you to know that I'm praying for you. Um, also, maybe it, it scares people to look into this. Um, you know, ignoring right. something means that maybe this problem doesn't exist you know I don't have to look into it but it it is so important so important you know 13 14 15 extremely high risk yeah Um, we've got social media that marketplace um, you know really needs to be explored there is so many sites that you know I could come up with 21 of them off the top of my head. Even this new TikTok, you know, the gaming industry. Um, it's just social media. Um, you know, that's how my daughter was recovered twice. Wow, I didn't. That's yeah. crazy. Um, you know, traffickers encourage the girls to create websites. Um, they're posting their pictures on um you know buyer sites facebook accounts um it's just social media is um it's a huge marketplace and to use it as evidence in the court is like you know an act of congress and congress has introduced a bill um i'm just trying to think um Okay. Let's see. There's There's been eight bills introduced in the um, 116th Congress, which is 219 to 220. Um, we've got, let me see, two that have passed the House out of the eight. So the, the other remaining are just introduced. These need to be passed. They need to be moved along to the Senate. And they need to be signed by the president, and then they need to be made into law. Um, and there's some really good ones. So, okay. you know, part of my journey is, is I'm going to be contacting these representatives. You know, I would like the opportunity right. to testify in Congress. Right. Um, now, know, do you think that could ever happen? I'm gonna, I'm going to try to make it happen. I hope so too for you because do you think a lot of politicians are involved in this? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. So, I d- so it's too it's, much. It's, it's a little scary. overwhelming. Now now the sex trafficking on Long Island, because um this is where this podcast is based. How bad 
the sex trafficking? Well, one of the sites that my daughter was um, put on, pictures that were put on, um, you know, we talked about the U.S. retired U.S. Marshal that helped me. Um, his nonprofit is Global Children's Rescue. He's he's one of the best. Um, you know, you got to be careful about nonprofit profiting off of children too and maybe creating a, a database of hey here's a list of vulnerable children so you you know you could possibly invite someone on who's very knowledgeable out about you know fraudulent nonprofits however the US Marshal created a 631 phone number you know to Long Island um, because a number was given um, we found a number where Lucia was um, you could contact for purchase Okay. Um, so there was 3,000 girls on the site. Oh my gosh. Yes. For so Long is, Island. Or it is a huge problem and you know I'm sure it, you know, it travels into the city and it travels out of country with this past year a girl was missing from Long Island or maybe I want to say New York City Right. She ended up overseas. Um, thank God she was rescued and recovered. But um, how'd she get a passport? I'm not sure of the details. Okay, on it. okay. I really don't know. But but anybody, it's well funded, money power. They can easily do that. Um, they can easily pay off. Um, you know, clubs in Miami, like they did in my daughter's case, most likely. However, they did place a tattoo on her neck that they wanted it there to hurt for her to appear older. Does she still have that tattoo on her neck? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a little double-edged sword for me. Um, you know, when she was missing, it's an identifying mark, but, you know, looking at it, it's just, um, you know, at 13, she had a tattoo placed on her neck. It's sad. That is sad. That is sad. That's very, very sad. Yeah. So what do you think needs to be done? Because apparently this is getting bigger. They're making a lot more money now than ever before. It's passing up the number one industry. The number one industry, I believe, is drugs. So this is number two. So what makes you think that this can be curbed or even eliminated um well you know drugs and trafficking go together um that's how they easily gain control over the girls you know it transitions Mm -hmm. from grooming to um brainwashing pretty pretty quickly um i do i do like the bills that are introduced um you know it's it it they're I misspoke last Sunday. I said $520 million. It's $520 billion. You know, and these bills want to give grants. They want to award to law enforcement agencies. They want to implement victim-centered approaches to combat human trafficking. Um, one of the bills I feel I need to speak up on is, um, you know, they're mentioning that law enforcement sets aside portions of their funds um, that they're going to receive to combat human trafficking to ensure victim 
victims receive support. Um, no, that has to be separate because law enforcement needs so much training. Okay, I live in a rural area now. I've had to move so many times for my safety. Um, this was this was beyond them. When the FBI came to interview my daughter here, um, you know, even getting her into a mental health hospital through the Office of Mental Health, they said she needed a higher level of care. So, you know, she was always um, discharged to me without patient services. And, um, you know, so I've had a lot of people deny her care. Aww. School. Just the, the, the term child trafficking just it blew them out of the water. So, you know, like you said, why don't people click on it? Why don't people like it? Um, you know, they're afraid of it. Yeah, I and, get it. Yeah. And they have not had the training. Um, we do have some powerful people out there. You know, where we left off last week is um, you wanted to know who's helped me. Uh, you know, I felt alone through a lot of this. Um, of course, I have I have a small family. Their support has been wonderful. My mother, you know, there's been times where I thought I was going to succumb to this. Mom, am I going to make it through? You know, suffering from a broken heart syndrome, the stress of that, um, you know, the financial hardship, the, the medical bills are astronomical, um, you know. There have been two arrests in Long Island, but they're at a misdemeanor level now. And I'm told they're, you know, they're not fully charged yet. So, you know, then then you go into victim services, which have been one of the um, really better forms of help for me. So anytime Lucia received forensics, like what happened to her in the detention center and she received forensics in Long Island, I'm referred to the Victims Services. In Suffolk County, Victims Information Bureau of Suffolk County is called Vibes. I would, okay, yes. I recommend this. Hands down. It's a good organization. Excellent. Um, domestic violence. My situation. Um, so, you know, compensation. I don't know if I'll ever see that day. I mean, the, the expense is, is, has been bankrupt. It's near bankruptcy. Um, you know, number one, my higher power, my family Two, global children's rescue, the U S Marshall. I mean, we just spoke this last week, a mother, same situation. We got a young lady child out in front of her house in shorts, t-shirt, no, no shoes on is, missing mom calls Broward County police right child is labeled as a runaway just like Lucia Mm. Um, this cannot go on anymore when a parent loved one caretaker guardian grandparent decides that that children is missing they are missing they are endangered one out of three children, minors, who have been out missing mm-hmm. for over 48 hours are at risk and have most likely been in human trafficking. Wow. It's Those numbers are incredible. And 
here I am to tell the story. So law enforcement cannot, when that parent, loved one, guardian makes that phone call and decides that my child is missing, that child is missing, resources, those resources we talk about, that $520 billion, let's get law enforcement trained, let's get them staffed, and let's get them looking. I want no child that was in the situation my daughter was in or the mother last week. Global Children's Rescue rescued two children. I I saw the pictures of these beautiful young girls and I'm looking at my daughter and I'm looking at other girls and there's more and there's more. But the Um, thing is, is that you can't not think about uh, your child. You know, I mean, compared with the other girls, I mean, it's like my daughter's 13 and I think about that all the time. She'd be easy pickings. Yes. You know, she's got great self-esteem, you know, but she is gullible. Right. Vulnerable. A little vulnerable. You know, they are at that age. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of peer pressure, you know, bullying is, is just, you know, at an unacceptable level. I don't think we have a good handle on that either. No, it's a tragedy all the time. It really is. Now, how long is your daughter in that program for? Um, I've spoken to two different people. They have two, you know, different timelines, six months, a year. Um, I did have to voluntarily sign her over to CPS, the Child Protective Services. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I was on the voluntary side of their services um, at one point. Um, very disappointed that they would even mention um, neglect because she had run out of my home. Um, you know, they could have possibly gone on lack of supervision or not. But, um, you know, her level of trauma and the dynamics. Um, when they when she said this to me, I said, you're going to have to go back to the person who even suggested this because this will be... This is, you know, who I'm thinking about right now. I'm thinking about the kidnappers. I'm thinking about all the systems that failed us. I'm thinking about the years that I have spent reaching out just to find somebody to provide us with the help we need. Um, So this has opened up major wounds for me. Um, You know, and I I reached out to a lot of the service providers I've emailed from coast to coast. Um, I can speak on another wonderful, wonderful organization. It's Courtney's House out of Washington, D.C. It's not actually a house, mm-hmm. but it's a very fierce, powerful, powerful survivor who has a wonderful team. And when Lucia was placed in um, the program after the incident in Long Island, I had called her and she said she had, she had brought in the model the very specific model she feels works and that's becoming victim informed and transitioning to survivor informed and that you know she was concerned about placing Lucia there because um, you know girls can recruit girls to leave right they girls have different levels of experience on the streets um, and lo and behold Lucia took off and was in another extremely dangerous situation and and was taken interstate so um you know 
CPS and I at the time in Long Island, they were wonderful too on the voluntary side of matters. Um, Mm -hmm. They really, they were said the right things. They were comforting, but you know, somebody had us all on the same page that it was a secure facility and it wasn't, it was a residential, like she's a no. Um, But this um, program is the reviews and you know, it's just, um, it seems to be much higher. Oh, gosh. Now, what do you think is, um, what are a couple of things you think that uh, parents can do to be involved to help? Well, parents have to sit down and have conversations with their children. Right. Um, you know, the phone. Right. Have to be on top of the phone. Um, educating to the harmful websites, uh, the potentials for um, predators on those websites. I mean, I just can't think of too many that the young youth like to use that it just doesn't occur on. And that's the thing with with um, young teens is that where there's a will, there's a way. They do know how to navigate unfortunately on the web or on the internet through the phone they're on there all the time and on all the apps so it's not like you can't really take them away from all of that I mean I guess you could but I think more parents need to step up and not let the kids run the household you are the parent you run the house set your rules set your boundaries and once they cross it there's consequences but the less likely of them redoing that whether it's rebelling or, uh, I mean, being a rebel or promiscuity, whatever, you know, but do you find that most parents don't want to be adult to their kids? That's why it makes them feel vulnerable, maybe? Well, you know, the irony in all this is I've never purchased a phone for Lucia. And when she got out of the Department of Juvenile Justice, she said to me, Mommy, do you think by the by the time I'm 18, I can have a phone? I said, wow, Lucia, you've given me a lot of time to think about this. You know, and then I was going to get her a flip phone for um, safety. And then that would have the ability for tracking as well. Right. Um, so that is another option for parents. Um, also, the schools. Um, I'm actually going to reach out to Courtney's house, try to do a fundraiser. Um, she's a very powerful, powerful speaker. She has task force volunteers that will give survivors rides. Um, they have a task force that work from 1.30 till 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. in the morning out looking for victims. Wow. Um, she comes and she speaks. So I need her to come and speak at the school. Right. I need her to speak at law enforcement. I need her to speak to, um, you know, people at the hospital. I need her to speak to the Office of Mental Health. Um, I need to make my local representative know that you indeed have a declared victim of child trafficking now in your district. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any constituents that have some available funds? Because um, we need training here. Exactly. You do. You do. I cannot have in school afraid and the lengthy enrollment process, which more behaviors and unstructured time you know stuff happens it really does now where do you 
how do you think or where do you see okay let's put it this way where do you see yourself in a few years when your daughter gets out how do you see yourselves or what do you and what are you hoping for I'm hoping that our relationship um, we can begin to rebuild our relationship okay. because it's fractured right now she blames me for a lot of a lot of different things and and I understand um, you know I'm the person closest to her I, I fought very hard um, I don't have to and don't feel it's appropriate to tell her that um, she was aware um, she was told in the Department of Juvenile Justice um, you know after certain things and there's nothing your mother can do about it I was right. also told when I'm reaching out to the highest levels that they don't like people like you really I'm too vocal I'm too on top of things um, th- you know that's just too bad I was advocating for my daughter but I'm also advocating for some pretty vulnerable girls that are in very unhealthy situations by being locked up. I I couldn't agree more. Um, so when is the next time you speak to your daughter? Um, I I would say I'm 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 waiting. You know, okay. some days I get um, you know, I get sad. Okay. Um, of course. But since she's been home since July. You know, we've we've had some times together and they've been good, but we've still continued to have a lot of separation. There's been hospitalizations, like uh, 15 days she waited in the ER and nobody would take her. Um, So we set up a good outpatient plan, but, you know, she just wasn't willing. She wasn't ready. Um, There was way too many people involved. I had people coming in and out of... um, my mother's home for two weeks the door never stopped opening and and when you have that amount of people you know I can't keep it straight Um, that's just it's overwhelming Um, so I hope to hear from her soon Um, I I hope to hear from the treatment team and you know learn more, more about the program I know it's holidays and or on vacation so I suspect after the new year um, either I'm going to be placing a call or hopefully I will have heard you know I need to know what the program's about yeah because you want to be involved in that program with your daughter to help of her course. you know that's the thing it's it's not something just for her it's for her and her family so and, um, you know one of the things my daughter said to me when um, you know one night she called when she was away and um, she, was, she was suicidal and um, I said well maybe she needs to go out for an evaluation and um, you know so I, I had to call and have a wellness check because nobody called me back but you know she did make a statement she said mom I need you to stop she said anytime anybody comes in this facility I am just being questioned and probed and she really Aww. felt like it, it I wasn't helping the situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. you know, some things were said about me being, you know, my assertiveness and just that, um, you know, did somebody along the way have an influence on my daughter about me? Of course. 
because at that age of 12 or 13 when they're going into becoming a teen and that's where the outside influences start coming in even more and really you don't have the power to stop it you can only hope that they are strong enough to avoid it or not want to be a part of it so it's just very difficult all around it really truly is I don't really see an end to this in sight as long as, you know, the scary thing is I don't think most people are putting this into a different perspective. If this is the second billion industry here in the United States alone, that's because there's a market for this. Yes. That's the thing. There's a mar- And people aren't thinking of that. There's a market for this. So we'll go into that next week because we're going to wrap it up. But just want everybody to know that. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss what programs are out there and that there's a market for this and we'll talk about the rest of your story next week alright I look forward to it thank you so much Mary I really appreciate you talking about this I, I can't even pretend to know about your nightmare but you know what it's so important because so many parents need to be aware of the evils yes. out there they're not Have just snatching to. they're not just snatching these kids out in the public. They're coming into your homes through the internet. <laughs> it's true. And and when we look at the marketplace, we're gonna look at um, we can look at the different um, the different angles, the different faces, you know, the Jeffrey Epsteins, but also the gang affiliated where, you know, my people will take care of you. That that's part of the grooming and the different faces behind this, you know. Yep. You know, suburbia, you know, somebody who works in school that, you know, I mean, there's just so many faces to this market. And it's hard to steer away from that. And that's what we have to educate the teens that not everybody's your friend. Correct. Not everybody's your friend. So, all right. School has to be on board too. They really do. They have to. to. They have to partnership up with the uh, with the parents and with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So, part three next Sunday. Okay. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Mary. I appreciate you you taking the time. You're welcome. Have a good night. You too. Bye You just finished listening to Her Community 2. Ryan and I hope you enjoyed the show. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review. And of course, thank you for joining us. Until next time, have a totally awesome day.